It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's a mailbag Wednesday. How does the wide receiver room shape up next year for the Vikings? That and some Jaron Hall talk on today's Minnesota football party. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota football party. And it starts now. I love the Wednesday mailbag show. Welcome to the Minnesota football party today. I'm Sam Ekstrom covering the Vikings here for Lockdown Sports Minnesota. And I'm joined by Reggie Wilson, CARE 11 sports director and anchor at Reggie Wilson TV and Luke Inman, our draft guru at Luke underscore Spinman. We're still coming off the NFL draft. Plenty on that in today's mailbag show. We take your questions and get into some controversial Minnesota Vikings topics. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook, and you can make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. You can also find Locked On Sports Minnesota for free on YouTube. Subscribe there or free and available wherever you get your podcasts, Amazon Fire Stick and Roku devices. You can find the Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. Myriad ways to watch and listen here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Reggie, Luke, let's dive right into it. Uh, The Vikings had their draft over the weekend, six new players and plenty of talkers emerging now that we, we really have the Vikings roster in focus. I believe they have 88 players on their roster after the draft and UDFAs. So you got almost your full 90. You can start projecting out these depth charts. Question from Katie about whether Jalen Rager um, is costing the Vikings a fourth-round pick or a fifth-round pick next year. Katie, I believe it's a fifth-round pick because Jalen is almost certainly not going to meet the statistical benchmarks required. But but let's talk about Jalen Rager's spot in this wide receiver room in general. Reggie, how do you stack up the depth chart now that you've got Addison in the mix, you got some UDFAs in the mix, uh, and obviously Osborne and Jefferson? Where does Rager fit into that bigger picture? Uh, I think he kind of fits in just kind of like he did last year. You know, it's interesting because he's still kind of like that speed guy who you can do some gadget things with, who you could, you know, hey, go in there and run a go route and get open. You know, he he can do those type of things, and and I think – you know, he didn't do a whole lot of that last year. What was it? It was only like eight catches for a hundred and something yards and a touchdown. And and he had the uh the the touchdown that he had on the, the handoff in the game against the Bears. And so I think it, it's it's interesting because, you know, they they gave up Amir Smith Marset. They got him to basically be the team's punt returner, but you know, at at the number that it would cost for, you know, a, a first round pick, they decided to 
decline the fifth year option and just kind of let him play this thing out this year. I just I don't see him being that much more involved. You know, I think, you know, you got Naylor. He's going to be in his second year. Maybe he kind of takes another step. You kind of saw how Osborne kind of developed in his second season with the Vikings. And now, you know, he's going to be fighting for that wide receiver two spot with Addison. So those three guys are he, Addison, he, I mean, Osborne, Addison, Jefferson, those guys are firmly there at the top three spots. And then you got guys like Naylor, you got guys like Rager. They're probably fighting for the depth after that point. But he's going to be solid as a as a punt returner again, and hopefully he does some dynamic things there. But I don't know how much he's going to be involved heavily with this offense. Inman, I would consider Rager – a bubble guy, particularly if someone like your favorite, Malik Knowles, who, by the way, I'm all in on. You've convinced me. Malik Knowles is my my UDFA favorite. Mm. Um, I think that Rager could be on the outskirts of this roster very quickly. Oh, and don't forget about Brandon Powell, too, guys. Remember, another punt returner brought in just to bring up a little bit more punt return and special teams competition. We talk about, you know, every draft class this happens. You install those guys, these new young faces, some fresh legs into the depth chart. All of a sudden, the guys that maybe solid foundational background pieces last year, like Kenny. All of a sudden, will Kenny's job be on the line? They draft another running back in Dwayne McBride. We still don't know the status of Dalvin Cook in 2023 either. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys that had some bright future heading into last year's training camp. Didn't really do much for whatever reason. Everybody's got their different scenario in case why that happened. But now all of a sudden you bring in some more stiff competition like Brandon Powell, like Malik Knowles. And all of a sudden Rager not only needs to stand out as that wide receiver four next to Jalen Naylor behind Osborne, Addison, and J.J., but he's got to make some noise come training camp in August on special teams and punt return as well, which... I think most people would agree he didn't really wow anybody in that category. And, you know, you say, all right, if you're going to give up a fifth-round pick for this guy, former first-round pick, obviously picked one pick before J.J., by the way, a lot of high expectations in Philly, doesn't pan out, comes over, you think, all right, sometimes guys just need a fresh start. They just need to hit the reset button. Doesn't really do much as a receiver. You're thinking, all right, well, he's at least going to give you a little spark in the punt return game. Kind of underwhelming in that department as well. So I would agree with you, Sam. A lot of more stiff competition coming in for both these return men, both Ken A and Jalen Rager as well. Now that Addison is on the Vikings, guys, Number 23 overall pick, obviously a very exciting player. Now that that is the reality, would you rather have this reality of a rookie receiver who obviously there's a risk involved? He's a rookie. You don't know if he's going to be elite. Would you rather have that or would you rather have kept Thielen at a reduced contract, paid him, who knows, $10 million and then had that for this season instead of Addison. Now that now that that's sort of the reality, you have Addison. To me, it feels like the obvious choice. This is the better of the two options, as much as you like Thielen. But but Reggie, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it was an opportunity to get younger. The guy's only what twenty one years old, mm-hmm. and projecting, he should have a higher ceiling than what Adam Thielen was going to give you at this point in his career. 
You know, he's going to work with Keenan McCardell. The dude is like the wide receiver whisperer at this point. And I think there's no shortage of confidence in him. We saw that on draft night. We saw that, you know, when he came to to Minnesota finally on that, that next day. And the dude is, is, is very confident in his abilities. He's kind of, I wouldn't say a throwback, but you know, some of these receivers these days are, are a little bit more humble than, you know, your guys like Terrell Owens and Randy Moss and, you know, some of these guys that are just, you know, all about them, but he's kind of a throwback. I mean, his first words, his post-draft interview was let's get paid. (laughs) We're going to score. We're going to score all night. Like, who is this dude? Like, come on, give me some more of that. You know, like you just you you hope that he backs that up on the field with his play. And I think he's in a position where he can in a in a system that is very wide receiver friendly. It does require a lot out of his wide receivers. But if he can catch on, you've kind of seen like over the last five, six years, especially like these wide receivers, they're getting taken and they're making an impact right away. You you kind of mm-hmm. right away can tell if those guys you, – you brought up Jalen Rager. Right away you could kind of tell like, oh, man, like I don't know about this guy. But it seems like that first year these wide receivers are kind of showing who they are and who they could be. And I think that's what you're going to see from, from Addison. And I think, you know, God love Thielen, the dude – just catches touchdowns and very productive wide receiver. But when you look at the number, the cap number, that's going to be different from what Thielen was making and what Addison is going to be making. And the upside with the age, a decade plus younger, I think you you have to feel good about moving forward with, with Addison this season. Yeah, to your point, Reggie, there's been uh, seven – rookie uh, wide receivers with thousand yard seasons in the past four NFL seasons. Uh, Luke Inman, Thielen at his current age or Ricky Addison. Is there any doubt in your mind about what the better of those two scenarios is? I mean, no, Reggie hit so many of the positives that there are. You get to reset that contract too. And I think, Hey, you turn the salary cap off. Like we're playing Madden or something. All of a sudden. Yeah, of course I'm, I'm going to keep feeling, but that was such a big cap hit. And for the production that he gave you as wide receiver too, it just didn't really match what kind of, I guess, hole that Rick Spielman even kind of dug Quasey into. And he was forced to make some obviously tough decisions this off season. So many big names, some key vets that have been around for so long, obviously that some fan favorites had to go. Uh, um, my question would be if you did keep feeling, you didn't draft Addison. What did you do with your first round pick? Did you draft a cornerback? Did you draft a quarterback? Um, obviously that plays into the equation a little bit, but I think too, you know, my old school defensive mind says, I start in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball, or if nothing else, maybe go grab one of these uh, cornerbacks in such a deep loaded class in the first round, like Deontay Banks or Joey Porter Jr. But I may be in the wrong there. I'll call myself out. This is a new pass happy league guys. And to your point, Sam, so many of these young receivers, it used to be, 
I mean, a given that you shouldn't expect anything from these receivers coming out as rookies, even first round picks for two, even three years. Sometimes it's just such a huge adjustment from the college to the program, specifically at that position. Uh, that's not the case anymore. I mean, these guys are having instant impacts right away in these offenses. And maybe it has something to do with a, a little bit of the rule changes for sure that favors the offense. But I just think NFL passing games, these NFL quarterbacks, even guys like Kirk Cousins, yes, has gotten so good at their game and their craft. And now when you get such a polished, uh, unique route runner in that sense as a rookie, I think he's going to be able to come in and have a huge instant impact. If nothing else, being able to be the number two, knowing that J.J. is constantly every play going to command double, if not even triple coverage. So I think it's the perfect landing spot for Addison. I think not only does J.J. and Addison win, but I think a guy like K.J. Osborne gets to slide back into his more natural wide receiver three position. And don't forget T.J. Hawkinson, arguably still the passing threat number two, maybe number three, right? Two, two A with Addison now. So this is a lethal passing attack now the Vikings have built under just two years with Quasey. And again, I think it fits the theme, what the NFL is really kind of switch gears to as opposed to 20, 30, 40 years ago when our dads were watching, uh, when it was all about the defense. One yeah, to more, your point, to yeah, your go point, ahead, Reggie. Luke, um, how crazy was it from what we saw? Even in that in that stretch of the first round, you had the Chargers taking my draft crush, mm-hmm. Quentin Johnston, bang, bang, who bang, I bang. saw Steve Smith kind of ripped up a little bit, but I think it was motivation for for Quentin Johnston because he he tweeted back at Steve Smith with the 100 emojis or whatever. Ooh, but okay. he's just saying like, who is this guy gonna be? And I think shoulder. that's. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's the that's the guy that that you do wonder like what his ceiling is going to be. But you kind of look at these these teams. The Chargers drafted Quentin Johnston. You're like, why did they do that? They already have Mike Williams. They already have Keenan Allen, and their their receiving core is strong. And now they add this other threat. You look at the Seahawks drafting Jackson Smith and Jig, but that was a steal. I feel like absolute steal. But they 100%. already have DK and mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett. So, like, you, you got all these these teams that it seems like, you know, you look at the Bengals. They have uh, they have Burrow with T. Higgins and Chase and um, Tyler I Boyd. Yeah, Tyler Boyd. I, yeah. I don't know why I was loaded. Marvin Just Boyd. loaded. You, you got all these teams that are loaded at the receiver position. And now you, you look at a team like the Vikings and – what they add with Jordan Addison with already Hawk and Osborne and JJ. I think the the Vikings are are kind of trending towards what today's NFL is going to be when the Rams won that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, you you had OBJ and Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson and you know all these weapons. So to your point, Luke, it seems like that's where the NFL is trending towards and the Vikings are just getting in on it. Yeah, and and real quick to that, too, as we wrap this one up, I I think Daniel Jeremiah maybe mentioned it on draft night round one. Hey, everybody's chasing the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and unless you got an elite quarterback – you don't have a shot, but the point was it's a who's got the ball last kind of league now. It's a run them up, shoot them out kind of league. The other thing was a lot of people said this wasn't the loaded wide receiver class we've seen in years past, and despite that, Teams like the Lions, right, with Jamar Gibbs at 12, the Falcons with Bijan Robinson at eight said, all right, even though it's not a loaded receiver class, 
we still have to find offensive playmakers in this new league now to keep up with teams like the Chiefs and offenses like that. So what's the next best thing? Maybe a playmaker home run hitter at running back like Bijan and Jamar Gibbs, who can also be obviously huge threats in the passing game as well. So it was interesting just to see how it kind of all unfolded. But I'm with you, man. If there was any pick that kind of stood out to me, Jackson Smith to Seattle, mm-hmm. whew, they crushed that draft. Is there going to be a video released by the Vikings in about two years like the one with Rager and Jefferson where uh, Addison mm-hmm. falls in their lap and they're all, oh, yeah, we got him. We'll see. We'll see. We'll Is see. A Flowers the next uh, Jalen Rager? Saying. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, we open up Pandora's box of the Jaron Hall debates. They've already begun. Jaron Hall is already a controversial figure. We get into that after I remind you that Built Bar is a delicious snack without all the sugar and all the calories. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. You got to try these 100% real dark chocolate, delicious flavors, peanut butter, brownie, cookies and cream, brownie batter puffs, just to name a few. They are innumerable. These delicious Built Bar flavors. Really good for you collagen protein, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein, and accessible at your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club. Go to the pharmacy section, get the 4-bar box, the 13-bar box, and load up on some Built Bars today. Or you can always head to Built.com and order online. Built Bars, the best uh, best tasting protein bar on the globe. Yesterday, Ron Johnson did a 180. He was initially cold on the Jaron Hall pick. Now he has turned a corner. He has seen the light. He is a Jaron Hall truther. Um, he's a big fan now. And I'm a big fan. I think Luke's a big fan. Um, I don't know. We'll have to get your take, Reggie, on just overall Jaron Hall. But the debate has already begun raging in the comments section. Some people saying he's too small. Some people saying, no, he's like one inch shorter than Jalen Hurts. Um, and it's going back and forth, and people are very upset at each other. So, so Reggie, I go to you first. Kind of overall vibe on Jaron Hall, and is his size, which I think is officially six feet two hundred, um, is that an issue for you? I guess I I would just want to know what the expectations are. You know, I you don't draft this guy to be like the next starter. I don't think like, I I don't, I think you, you draft him for some depth, maybe some, someone you can develop, you know, moving forward, he could be a a backup. I don't know if that's like, are are people like thinking that he's going to be a replacement for Kirk cousins? Is that what the vibe is? Um, I think people's minds like to go that way because he's kind of the shiny new object. I do think that, there is a world where he could play himself into that conversation in 2024, but it would require maybe like a Kirk injury. And for us to see Jaron Hall in the regular season, like I do think it's a long shot that he would be given the team uh, without having any real regular season games. No, I I just, I don't, I don't know that that's going to happen. I was reading his, his uh, overview from one of the, the draft guys an undersized pocket quarterback with unimpressive arm strength. Those are, are the first parts of the sentence <laughs> that I'm reading on this guy. Oh, no. So what are you trying command. to say here, Reg? Hallsfield yeah. Command gives him a shot to make it at the next level. Mm-hmm. 
He throws an excellent ball placement to targets on the move and delivers a feathery, soft, deep ball with accuracy. But his lack of drive velocity creates smaller margins for error, and his timing needs to be impeccable to beat NFL man coverage. What that says to me is he's a he's a a good like prospect, a, a good like developmental quarterback that you can you know put in the system and and you know see what he can do, but. He kind of sounds like Mannion 2.0, you know, oh, from no. what from oh, what they're no. they're saying in no, this. No, 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 no. His his NFL comparison is Gardner Minshew. You know, he has some athleticism to maybe make some plays with his legs, but and then he's he's been he's been injured as well. I'm not trying to dump on the guy because he's just a he's just a rookie, but just reading kind of like the 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 scouting report, reading some of the tea leaves, you know, I I think I don't know that this is a guy that you're just like, oh, yeah, he's going to be, you know, the next dude. I, I just think he's going to be a guy that they have in the quarterback room, a guy they can develop who has some upside to to be better than he's coming in there as. And if he can stay healthy, he can put himself in the mix of, of being a guy who could compete for maybe a backup role. Yeah, and I think too it's it's important to note they have drafted probably this year's backup, maybe. I think he could definitely beat out Nick Mullins. And while Kirk Cousins is unlikely to get hurt, um, the next quarterback might. Your 2024 quarterback, whoever that may be, draft pick, free agent, trade situation, whoever it is, they might get hurt. They might not be as durable as Kirk Cousins. They might be injury prone. And that's where you need a backup like a Jaron Hall with some of that mobility that could kind of go into a game and, and, and light the place up. Luke Inman, your thoughts. 14 quarterbacks, guys, were drafted this year in the 2023 NFL draft. 12 of them were drafted in the first five rounds. That set a new NFL record. Point is, if you didn't draft a quarterback and get in on the party, you weren't sitting at the cool kids' table. Everybody's trying to find the next Brock Purdy, as unfair and unrealistic as they might sound. But uh, I think Jaron Hall, he's a fifth-round quarterback. Like Reggie said, he's far from perfect. Even the top quarterbacks in this year's draft – we're far from perfect. Even Bryce Young, the number one overall pick, you can pick at his game. But Jaron Hall, for a fifth-round guy, I think the expectations need to be, can this guy develop, first of all, get into camp and win the number two spot with Nick Mullins? And then next year, if nothing else, worst case, you have a bridge, an emergency option. If Kirk Cousins doesn't return, you don't retain his contract and bring him back, and you want to draft a rookie early on in the first round, something like that. Now you got a guy who at least can be a bridge. He can get some um, some ultra-valuable playing time, too, by the way, and maybe you can see what you got in him. But he's a fifth-round pick. Reggie's right. Far from perfect. I am excited, though, of all the fifth, sixth, seventh-round quarterbacks. Um, he intrigued me the most, yes, on the smaller side, but 207, 207 pounds. You talk to some BYU fans, the injuries are a concern. Missed five games in 2019 with concussion. Missed a couple more games, I want to say in 2021, with a rib injury. But I also think there's this unrealistic or unfair comparison to Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson didn't pan out, and he was the last quarterback to come from BYU and have a lot of hype. This is a completely different story. you got to give him a fresh start and a clean slate. 51 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio, that's phenomenal. I think what Vikings fans are – 
going to be most excited about just watching this guy run around in training camp is the mobility. I mean, love Kirk Cousins to death for what he does. One of the most efficient, accurate quarterbacks in the league, but a pure pocket guy. Nobody's going to argue that. In the new day and age now, I just think so many of these quarterbacks, it's almost a necessity now to be able to escape with your legs and create on the move outside of the pocket. So he offers you that 700 rushing yards in his last two seasons. So yeah, it's a fifth round pick. Reggie's right. Fifth round pick. Temper expectations expectations pump the brakes but let's just baby step this thing and and keep this last little nugget in the back of your mind what was the number one reason they hired kevin o'connell in the first place for because he was to develop and find quarterbacks that was his oh, thing oh, right okay. Okay. that was his thing so uh not the first round guy we expected like a will levis or hendon hooker but you get a fifth-round developmental guy. It's not Kellen Mond, who, uh, again, was drafted by the Rick Spielman regime. It's his own guy, handpicked. Remember, all the outlets and media said, nobody did more homework on this quarterback class than the Minnesota Vikings. You knew they'd draft one eventually. It's just not maybe the round or the guy that we thought they would. But Jaron Hall gives you enough to get excited for a fifth-round guy and potential bridge next year after Kirk Cousins. You can get insight like that if you subscribe to NFL Draft Buzz. That's Luke Inman's draft newsletter. He's got post-draft reaction. Subscribe at LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletters. Draft Intel straight to your inbox. Check that out. I saw on ESPN on the ticker that the NFL schedule release is May 11th, just about a week away. Um, you know, last year, guys, the Vikings had a, a very favorable schedule. Like it came out, and I think a lot of us thought it was gettable because they had nine home games, they had just seven road games, and one neutral game in London. This year, it's going to flip. This year, they're they're going to be heavy on road games and against some pretty good opponents. I've asked you both to to bring up the schedule. Um, looking at the potential opponents for 2023, um, what do you think? What do you think about the the gamut that the Vikings have to navigate next year with the AFC West and the NFC South as their primary divisions they're facing? Uh, it, you know, right out the gate, remember, when you win the division, you're going to be playing other division winners the next year. So you've got teams like the Eagles, the Bucks. There's a couple other teams. But you're talking about the AFC West? Is there a better, more scary division out there than the AFC West? You get the Chiefs and Chargers at home. If nothing else, going to be super exciting just to get Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert at the bank in the building. You get the Niners at home, one game away from the Super Bowl. They're going to be coming back with a vengeance as well. And then this may be a small factor, but it just kind of it bums me out a little bit. Last year, remember, it was 17 games. Every other year, you get one more home game or one more away game. Last year, they got the extra home game. This year, they got the extra away game. So it's just going to be a tough schedule, man, between all those different factors, plus losing all these core veterans and key pieces like Thielen, Kendricks, Dalvin Tomlinson. I hate to say it. I'm tempering expectations because when I look at the schedule top to bottom, we'll see the order next week, or I think Adam Schefter said May 11th, May 12th, something like that. We'll see the actual order and how it all plays out but just seeing the opponents both home and away they're in for a tough time in 2023 guys maybe i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong a nfc south th that's probably the worst division yeah in football at least on paper right now that could change but mm -hmm. i think you feel good about a lot of those games um afc west is formidable but denver i don't know about denver raiders i don't know about the raiders like i, I think i liked them more going into last year than I do this year. Reggie, what do you think? 
Yeah, so I'm just looking. I'm looking at these possible road trips that uh, that we're Vegas. Gonna next year. Vegas is Care Eleven going to send Reggie and and Julia and Will to Vegas? Uh, they'll send one of us. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, looking forward to this Denver. You've got road tenure. Trip. Make sure they know that. Yeah, looking forward to this Vegas road trip. What I think is interesting on these road trips, though, um, the NFC South is very interesting. Because you have two teams that you'll be on the road, but facing quarterbacks who are largely unproven. You got the Falcons with Desmond Ritter. I covered Des in in college. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think the world of him. I'm hoping for the best for him because people in Atlanta are already trying to poo-poo on him after just a very small sample size last year. And then you got the house that Adam Thielen built. You're going to Carolina. Uh, playing him and and Bryce Young. And so I think Bryce, I love Bryce. I think he's going to be a gamer. I think it's going to be interesting when they right. do see the Panthers mm-hmm. because as Bryce kind of gets a little bit more comfortable, I do think that he's going to get better and better. And so it's going to be interesting. But those are two teams, you know, you're, you're going to face uh, Bijan Robinson. You're going to face Bryce Young and Adam Thielen. Like those are two teams that will be interesting. The Raiders, I just – I've never believed in Josh McDaniels. Like, I, I still am scarred with how bad the offense was when he was the offensive coordinator for the the St. Louis Rams, and then he left and ended up going to the Patriots when they were in the Super Bowl. So he ended up getting a, a Super Bowl ring with those guys after a, just abysmal season as coordinator. I don't like how he just kind of, like – jilted the Colts and I, I just don't like the guy I don't I don't know I, I'm not I'm not a fan uh so I, I'm not really sure what to think about the Raiders uh they got Jimmy G could be fine the Broncos I think the Broncos is going to be a tough game because I believe in Sean Payton and I don't know what Russ is going to be this year he just seems to have regressed each and every year um as his career has kind of gotten a little longer in the tooth. Like, I think he's only like 33 years old. He's not like old for quarterback standards, but he's just not the same guy. That game against the Bengals is going to be tough. I mean, you're going and playing Joe Burrow. That that last game against the Bengals was fun, right? So it's, it's, it's interesting. I I think a lot of people are, are thinking that the lions are going to be so much more improved and maybe they might be, the favorites to win the division. I'm just not sold on them. And going to be interesting too with Jamison Williams on the six game suspension. Yeah. Do you catch the Lions? Do you catch Detroit? One of those two games in those first six weeks, that'll be interesting. Obviously, yeah. one guy doesn't make the world of difference, but you know, it's the little things and the little things matter. But I just think at the end of the day, and so much can change in the NFL. This is why it's so fun the parody. Teams can go from worst to first in a heartbeat with one good offseason and one good draft. You saw that with Seattle last year. Um, but just yeah. based off last season, you play the top two teams in the NFC, Philly and the Niners. You also play the Bucks, who is the fourth best team in the NFC. Granted, I'll give you a pass there because Tom Brady's gone. The AFC, though, you play the Chiefs, Super Bowl champs. You play the Bengals, third seed in the AFC last year. And the Chargers, the fifth seed in the AFC. And we all can agree the AFC, just top to bottom strength-wise, is a lot stronger than the NFC. So three of those top five teams in the AFC, plus the top two teams in the NFC, I'm just saying, plus the NFC North, I think, has gotten a little bit better as well. No easy games in the NFL. I I do agree with you guys, though. The Raiders, maybe the Broncos, 
Falcons for sure as well. Panthers with the rookie quarterback. There is some maybe uh, more favorable matchups on there for sure. A uh, fun fact, by the way, last time Vikings played at the Raiders on the road, that was at the Coliseum 2015. Teddy Bridgewater hooking Teddy up with Red Ellison, yeah. and they went on to win 30 to 14. Big game Cordero, for Adrian. Adrian had like an 80 yard had a 93 yard kickoff return. AP had an 80 yard rush in the fourth quarter to seal the deal 30 14. So uh, keep so those what, vibes going, guys. For so, sure. what home games are you guys like looking forward to the most? I think for sure it's for me, it's the Chiefs. I've never seen mm-hmm. Patty Mahomes play in person. Before. Chiefs Chargers. Kind of for looking sure. forward to that. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's all – this league's all about the quarterback. G- give me Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert up close and personal for sure. Chiefs those are, are going to paint exciting. U.S. Bank Stadium red. I mean, they're going to travel like crazy. Oh, and just as the Vikings – and to the Vikings' credit, they yeah. painted Arrowhead purple. I mean, you yeah. were at that game, Luke. I was at that game. Yeah. Um, and Patty Mahomes didn't play, and the Vikings still lost. So this is the first time the Vikings will face Patrick Mahomes – uh, the full schedule released on the 11th, so I imagine on Friday the 12th roundtable show, we're going to have a pretty good schedule breakdown with Reggie, Ron, Luke, and myself. That's our mailbag show for today. Make sure to subscribe and comment below. What is your favorite game on the upcoming Viking schedule? He's Reggie Wilson, Care 11, at Reggie Wilson TV. Luke Inman, NFL Draft Buzz author, at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter. I'm Sam Ekstrom at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll talk to you tomorrow with Arif Hassan and Luke Braun on the Minnesota Football Party. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.